0: welcome back to another episode this is chris did you know that on 1927 girl scouts manual featured the first recipe of s'mores so brad is that where you learn how to make s'mores and Do you still have the Girl Scouts manual back in 1927?
1: Chris, what are we listening to this week's episode of what? And what makes you think that I was this Girl Scout in 1927? And this is Brad. This week's episode is brought to you by the word sociopath. A person (laughs) with a personality disorder (laughs) manifesting itself. (laughs) Oh, Come sorry. on, James. Let me let me start this over. James, you thought that was funny, didn't you?
2: Uh, you're just too
1: straight-faced, my friend. Go ahead. <laughs> Sociopath. A person with a personality disorder manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of conscience. James. Do you feel that you know or are? or have been a sociopath.
2: Let me tell you, Brad, I don't know that anybody can identify a sociopath uh, perfectly because um, sociopaths can be quite talented. You'll have to tell me whether or not you think I'm a sociopath another day. Oh, this is we, can James. Have,
1: we can have the sociopath competition uh, conversation.
2: Oh, dude, we can—we could, can. Could, it was probably a competition, frankly. Uh, this is James. This is our weekly whiskey and widgets podcast, where your whiskey revives the dead, and your widgets take you places.
1: Thanks for joining us this week, Chris. Yeah. Before I ask James questions, because I noticed something. W- where What's can up? people find us?
0: Yes. No, you're flopping. <laughs> I took a quick pause in case someone makes additional comments. You took a quick um, pause. Last week you took a quick pause and never came back. People
1: noticed, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got we had people messaging us on social media. They were just like,
2: hey, hey, what happened to Chris? He said hello at the beginning and then disappeared. <laughs>
1: hey guys. Right, I'll right, it, right cares, now. Yeah. man. But I will say James and I had a good vibe. And, and we can That's probably good. carry the podcast now.
0: Good. That's good. I'll just be your editor at that point. Uh, that works as well. Um, and I could be the editor uh, on our Instagram post. So if you uh, would like to know what we're drinking uh, on this episode or places that we go to, because sometimes we post uh, you know, drinks from places that we go to, um, you can follow us on Instagram at whiskey in widgets. You can also interact with us uh, via email uh, whiskey and at gmail.com so there's underscores between the words so just keep that in mind and of course where else could they follow us brad they can find us on twitter which i still forgot to check
1: <laughs> oh my goodness brad. <laughs> whiskey widgets but I, i'll get active with that again uh, uh we took a brief hiatus uh, from the twitter and, and now we're back on the twitter james Speaking of going places, you are in a totally different location. Like now, I see you freshly squeezing lemons or squeezing... I can't even speak tonight for some reason. Lemons. Uh, I see you squeezing lemon juice. So you'll have Mm -hmm. freshly squeezed lemon juice for your drink. You are in a different room sitting at a... Looks like a preparation sink with all your uh alcohol making uh paraphernalia yeah this is so, good uh, you have a nice setup now what happened to you how'd you get out there
2: uh well i um used the power of laptop batteries to move my setup into <laughs> my butler's pantry this is actually where i normally would make cocktails if i wasn't uh, doing the podcast. And I figured, you know what? I'm sick of carrying bottles into my office. Let's just bring the computer into the place where I make the cocktails. So, so
0: that's there what we're you doing go. here today. You, so you said butler's office, a uh, butler's, butler's pantry. pantry. See, not only does that's James amazing. go around
1: with the haberdashery kit, he has a butler's <laughs> pantry. That's what James, it's called. I asked you several weeks ago, if you drink your coffee or your tea or your drinks with your pinky up, from this point forward you need to you need
2: to huh (laughs) so it's uh a butler's pantry is a function of an old house where the butlers would set up whatever they were doing and uh do they they do the prep work and everything inside of the house um it's a smaller space typically it's where you're going to have like your silverware and all of that kind of stuff kind of chilling and hanging By the way, for anybody that's listening and cares to know what I'm drinking today, uh, I am making myself uh, what is called a Corpse Reviver. Um, it's a really fun drink. It's easy because it's all three-quarters ratios. So it's three-quarter ounce of Lillet Blanc, which is kind of like a vermouth. Three-quarter ounce Cointrout, or really
1: Look any Look at James orange go. Liqueur. He's in the butler's pantry. He's and set up. He sounds three so sounds like He's on a food television <laughs> show and he's over there yeah. pouring and mixing keep going james yeah. i'm sorry i'm just the commentator
2: no that's all good uh and then it's three quarters ounce of uh so i'm using a coin chow and then uh, three quarters ounce of a lemon three quarters juice of ounce of what
1: some coin chow
2: coin chow it is a brand of an orange liqueur it's a very good brand it's the same brand that's owned by the people who make the botanist gin uh, or remy martin cognac if you're familiar with either one of those it's also the same brand that owns uh, like mount gay rum so a very good rum in general they have some pretty quality stuff so um standard mix is going to be um three quarters ounce of each of the ingredients that i mentioned then um what i'm doing that's a little bit different because I like the thickness and what it provides is I'm also adding a, a bit of egg white and doing a dry shake. Was
0: wow. that egg white? It looks yellow. it's egg me. white.
2: Uh, oh. Yeah, so that's just because Chris, it's in a blue color. Egg whites are
1: off white when they're and, raw. You know, when they're yep. cooked, they turn white. I mean, come on.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. That's it's true. A, it's blue glass and they're slightly off white, so it makes it a lot more yellow looking. Uh, that said um so you're doing a dry shake after you finish the dry shake we're then going to do a cold shake and pour it in a chilled glass
1: see james next time i'm just going to make my drink before you because i'm sitting here waiting patiently and you're going to do this 20 minute presentation this podcast will be over before i can pour my drink i mean i appreciate everything you're doing i enjoy watching it but uh, how am i supposed to have my drink Oh, well, now I James left. Drink now. <laughs> James left. He's been, he's mad. <laughs> well, yeah. What I'm going to, to do this. is I'm going to drop some ice in a cup <laughs> and I'll pick up from where we left uh, off last week because I told James that I would do a taste test. I will do a Knob Creek rye with this Aguimama, Aguilama, Aguilama, Angalima, um, organic whiskey sour mix. James told me last week to do a 50, 50. And I think that happened to be my best drink. And James, I will tell you that, uh, since we last spoke, I had company and I asked the company if they would, uh, be interested in trying a drink. And I said that it's probably one of my favorite drinks. Now I explained to them what it was. They were a little hesitant to drink it because they're not a whiskey fan. And I made the drink for them and they said, wow, this is good. Well, with a little more emotion, it was a, you know, a more fluid conversation, (laughs) not as robotic. They said, wow, this is amazing. It may may be one of my favorite drinks also. So you have turned, James, you are a whiskey magician because you've turned two people onto this. That you know of. So anybody, I'm telling you. And uh, so what I'll do is I'll have this Knob Creek rye that I had last week, which was nasty. Chris, if you stuck around, you would have
0: heard that uh, <laughs> it was probably the worst whiskey that I've had.
1: Did you listen to last week's
0: podcast? Um, I did partially when I was editing it, but I did enjoy, uh, you know, the, the the podcast. And I did end up listening to it eventually this week um, to get caught up. Uh, actually, this weekend on my way back from camping
1: so you knew my thoughts on the um the drink so this first one will be the agalima with the knob creek and then my second one i was going to do either the bullet the high west or the proper 12. i'll probably do the proper 12 because james told me to do a comparison yeah
2: so it's a solid idea uh, man
1: i wanted to do four drinks but for many reasons i'm not going to because I have a full
0: glass drinks. here. If you see this, hey, you have the same color, but it's it's not mine's a little different. So I what I'm drinking is not whiskey at all. So I'm pulling a Brad on this episode. I am drinking uh, vodka, uh, specifically absolute vodka, uh, with pog. And if you don't know what pog is, it's juice. It's like guava pineapple juice. And it's just a mixture with with vodka. And it, and it tastes really good. It's refreshing in a day that's uh, warm out here where I'm at. And, uh, oh, James, that looks good, man. That looks amazing. Oh, that is it, so cool, dude. What did I you put skull. in there? Oh, yes,
1: I see the skull. Is that a skull ice cube? Or did you do that design? James, you better take a picture of that. That is beautiful. That's amazing. That's a corpse reviver with a
2: skull. In and it. I put the bitters in the eyeballs of the skull. Uh, yeah, so I got an ice mold that makes skulls on Amazon uh, specifically so I can make really fun corpse revivers. Because, you know, it's all about the fun things in life. Can you send me one uh, of those? Yeah. You just want one ice cube or you want the mold?
1: I want the mold, James. <laughs> Come on, James, how are Lock you going with to you, send bud. me an ice cube? <laughs>
2: Anyways, Uh, uh, an important ingredient to the Corpse Reviver that I didn't get to because I was delaying Brad's drinking process, and definitely that would be a travesty. The whole point is we got to get our whiskey going, was uh, you do an absinthe rinse in the glass. mm. Um, And it's quite interesting how much that changes the
1: drink. Why do they call it a Corpse Reviver? Is it because of the skull, or is it because— it can revive the dead, or is it if you drink too much of it, you become a corpse?
2: Brad, next time we get together, I'll make you one, and you'll understand that it revives. It just straight revives corpses. Uh, it's it's a late night drink, right? Like if it's you a, if you're. It's like one of those. You need like, to wake up. Yeah, it, it's got a punch in the face because it doesn't have a sweetener in it. You'll notice in okay. the list of ingredients, it uses quenitrau or like your any orange liqueur as its sweetener, and actually. I really enjoy corn trout, but I I think um, one of my other orange liqueurs might actually be better. I might, I might if I decide to make a second one, I might uh, just uh, trade that up a bit. Um, so your gin can impart a lot of good herbal flavors. You have your nice tartness from the lemon. You've just got a three quarters freshly squeezed lemon, but no sugar to counteract that other than what's coming in. Uh, your liqueurs so it really does like a nice punch in the face which is you know wakes the dead corpse survivor
0: got that it that is it. pretty cool i don't think my
1: that i wish we lived closer because i would like to have all these fun
0: drinks with james yeah I enjoy having these. With too. You got to be a good host, though, man. You you sounds like you're an amazing host, James. I think that's why everyone comes over to your house. Is not that, that right?
2: I do like having people over. It's fun to entertain. Um, I I don't get to do things with people as much as I used to. So part of why I really like the, doing this podcast with you guys is I get to do some of the things I would do just by having people over. But pandemic really sh- slowed down the
0: ability to just hang with people, right? Yeah, I think it threw us it threw a lot of us off uh, for sure, especially if it's you consistently do something and all of a sudden, like, especially, you know, barbecuing and things like that. And yeah. uh, it, it kind of like threw you in the loop and it and, and still does until this day, by the way. It's just like, I don't know how to get back to, you know, uh, throwing this events. So Big shift. Uh,
2: Brad, which one which of the drinks did you say you started with?
1: I started with a repeat from last week because I really enjoyed um, the mixture of the Agalima and the Knob Creek Rye. And for keeping the Agalima mix constant, I'm going to sh- my second drink will be another whiskey. I have yet to decide if it's going to be the High West, the Proper 12, or the Bullet.
2: I would advise either the High West or the Proper 12. Uh, the Bullet isn't. Um, isn't as interesting as the other two from my perspective. Uh, and since you are st- you already... It'll give you more of a variety
1: so you can see the differences more easily. Okay. So actually on my table, I do have the proper 12 on deck. Yeah. And I'm glad that uh, you suggested that. So I'll stick that one out. And
2: um, definitely I'm glad that you have the High West since that's still my... Probably my favorite currently. Um, the, did you ever get around to try and make your own simple syrups, et cetera?
1: James, life is complicated, and I you think you are
2: correct about that.
1: You know, I, I'm quite content at this point in my life just buying this Agalima mix and pouring it in and stirring it.
2: Well, that's the that's the fun thing about the Agalima mix is it's very simple and it's very quality. So I'm glad you have that
1: and you can go that direction. But uh, OK, so now you, you have all these other things. It looks like you have spice You know, I can't only see the backside. I can't read because by this hour of the day, my eyes are a little tough uh, on a small screen. Um, yeah. So what do you what, are, what, what is all this stuff that you have? So I decided to take we moved this, to another room, did we?
2: Yeah, I moved I moved into my kitchen and I'm taking this cocktail journey just a little bit further and I've decided to make a whole bunch of simple syrups that are flavored, wow. because then I can do That's a cool. lot more drinks, and I can make some non-alcoholic drinks. So I can. So it looks like uh, James
1: Island. Where, where James has an island, and on the <laughs> island he has not. James, James is on an island, but an island in his kitchen. Yep. And he has all these bottles. What types of bottles are those? What's the What's the proper name for those bottles? I don't want to butcher them. I, I it's actually just flip cap bottles, I think. OK, he has flip cap bottles full of different liquids. They're all different colors. Uh, I don't know if they're a, I mean, if you could speak quickly, James, you can tell us what's the yeah, rundown. Of each it's thing, a but I so mean, it's, we'll be here all night long a, if you have to go through all these bottles.
2: I'll go fast. It's <laughs> Orgeau, Grenadine, Demerara syrup, a honey syrup, a rich, simple
0: and a simple, simple. You made that from scratch?
2: Yeah, I made mean, all of these. Damn, well, that's I di- amazing. I didn't make the orgeat. It's a pain in the ass to make the orgeat. Uh, you can make orgeat by or orgeat or jet or whatever you want to say. It's a French uh, si- uh, syrup that's made from uh, almonds, and you can make that from like almond milk, but it's still felt like a pain in the ass. And I so I just bought a bottle of that and then decanted it. Um, I am intending to do a ginger syrup a rhubarb syrup, and I wanted to make a verju, but it looks like that's a pain in the ass to make because it's made from grapes. So I might just buy that one too. So yeah, um, pro tip for anyone listening that's you know, jo- joining this journey and want to me- make some of this stuff at home is really st- straightforward. If you do a simple syrup the classic way, uh, it's to be shelf stable is a two to one ratio of simple to water or of sugar to water so you just do um 1 cup of sugar and a half a cup of water heat it up until it uh, right before it hits boiling point cool it off you have a simple syrup congratulations um a lot of people do a 1 to 1 ratio now uh, these days as considered simple and they call it 2 to 1 rich um is it less sweet so a one-to-one is less sweet because it's um so it's one cup of sugar to one cup of water versus uh, okay. two cups to, to one yeah. cup in the, in the ratio right
0: um but
2: jen that makes a lot of simple by the way so that's, that's a why, lot
0: of sugar man like yeah. two cups wow that's crazy
2: so i like doing the two to one ratio instead of the one to one ratio for two main reasons one it's shelf stable cool that's nice second reason i like the two to one is it puts less water in my cocktail so i can just do a two to one ratio and if a if a cocktail is new i'll know that they're normally doing one to one so i'll just do a little bit less simple in it and it works out great um and then i still made the one-to-one you know just in case i have friends making cocktails because i don't want to screw them up
0: so when you said shelf stable does that mean yep. that it can sit on your shelf for a longer period of time? Is there like an expiration date if you make these on your own? Yeah, it'll last as long as sugar would last.
1: And how long is that? That was like the obvious question.
2: Yeah, it, 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 it's going to just, it's going to effectively be indefinite. Nice. So like if it starts to crystallize, you can just heat it back up. The same with the honey one. So honey is by itself shelf stable, right? You can, Mm -hmm. if you have honey and it gets old, it starts to crystallize. You can just heat it back up. It'll rehydrate, right? You'll be fine. Um, It'll melt back down in. And then um, a honey simple uh, takes your honey and cuts it one-to-one with water. So it makes it easier to dilute
0: into a cocktail. Uh, So I'm wondering if you can take some of these with you. Like if you're traveling, since they last for a while, um, or maybe for those that are preppers. So you could probably
2: take it with traveling. I I figure this though, it's not that expensive to make. If I'm traveling somewhere where I'm gonna have, have bottles of liquor to make cocktails out of, I can also buy some sugar and make a simple syrup. If I'm uh, traveling someplace and I'm like in a hotel, I'm probably not making my own cocktails, so I wouldn't bring it hmm. But I definitely can see the idea from a prepping perspective though it takes 10 minutes you can make three batches of simple syrup syrup in 10 minutes how do i know because i did that earlier
1: today where are you now james this is like the adventures of james he's we start off in the butler's entry then well, we went since into I'm not, the kitchen this, since and then we computer's moved over not to and i can move around wherever i want uh, james i like this this is like the adventures you know they play where's waldo we're going to play where's james James looks like to me that he's in a dining area that almost could be like a restaurant serving area. So this must be the um, – he had a butler's is, pantry, so this has to be a you know king's chair for dinner. <laughs> no, this is actually
2: just a random chair that my wife got on Facebook Marketplace for like 50 bucks that uh, she thought was really comfortable. And uh, she put it in the butler's pantry right behind the,
1: the counter, so – There's the butler's box. So So that's where the butler sits to have his drink while he's waiting to serve the (laughs) house owners their food. Um that is an oversized chair, so similar to your doors, you look Mm -hmm. really tiny in that chair. This is fair. (laughs) Because the back of the chair goes up as you're sitting. I can't see your posture in this camera, but the back of the chair goes up to like halfway up your head. Yeah. Uh, and your shoulders fit within the edges of the chair so you just look like a tiny man you actually almost look like uh, who's the dude in lord of the rings uh, Frodo. frodo you know i'm not the,
2: I, I don't feel hobbits. too bad about that but but i would i would i would say i definitely identify closer to sam wise genji than uh, that's what i was frodo. going
1: to say after i was going through this but yeah. what i was trying to say is you just look smaller and i know you're not smaller james but just with the furniture it just makes you look smaller
2: no I get it I get it um definitely I have very large doors here it's the cool part about living in a really old house there's lots of downsides but the plus sides is
0: it's just neat it's just probably a lot of history behind it too I mean just imagine the stories it could tell of all the people that ever lived there do you know how many people have lived in your house since you've people no but
2: we do know like how many different times it's been sold the yeah. thing is, it was a boarding house for a while, so there was probably a lot of people that lived here. Wow. Boarding um, house. It was used what as... What type of boarding house? Um, I don't know the details on that off the top of my head. I'd have to go double-check that. But it was a boarding house for a short period of time, and it was also college dorms for the College of Concordia.
0: Wow. So... Old, yeah. old homes, man, they, they have a lot of... Uh, uh, his, uh, not only history, but character, which I enjoy. My house is not that old, as, not as old as yours, but uh, there are really weird quirks that was unique during that time. So
1: this is why I enjoy the Northeast, because of the amount of history here. You're going to, well, you go know, into you New, New have Hampshire, of some history. of the smaller towns, yeah. just the history of everybody coming over, you know, the old, you know, the houses uh, as time has progressed, you know, the roadways and uh i am fascinated by history and how people live and how they used to live and then the advances of technology you know as we talk about James and i talked about last week technology doesn't necessarily have to mean electronic a lot of people think of t- electronic when they think of technology but tech itself is you know inventing something in my opinion you know to make things easier uh tools to do things um, so
2: interestingly the root for the word technology actually um it's actually rooted in artful craft it's not necessarily electronic in any way it was all about your Mm -hmm. craft craftsmen would use technology that they'd created to craft more things it's like a tool and die maker making a tool such that they can now make another tool right and so that technology was actually Uh, and kind of a description of creation artistic expression and like you're creating in order to create more and that's frankly kind of cool
1: i think it's amazing and i i you know i think it's fascinating so speaking of technology
2: i hear chris that you went (laughs) on an adventure and learned a lot of positive lessons about this adventure and have some things yes.
0: you want to share. I, okay, I here we go, people. Chris, <laughs> let's take a I deep think James walk. Chris, is, uh, Chris is here with us. Br- so he Brad missed out on this. Uh, I did share a lesson that uh, I had shared with uh, with our colleagues uh, Chris, this week. Come on,
1: yeah. For a second, let me interview you on <laughs> Brad's. What do we want to call the show? one-on-one get to know you. With us live today, we have Chris, who says Brad missed out. Little does he recall that he told Brad that he missed out on this conversation four (laughs) times in the past three days. Oh, it actually was just yesterday you had the conversation, but you told me about the conversation and the lesson that you learned three times. Whoa, look at that deep crystal. So Chris, why don't you tell us yes, about this sir. little adventure that you had
0: <laughs> uh, i I could certainly share the story, so I last week um I took a few days off uh, uh, several days off uh, to go on uh, uh, go on an adventure in camping, so I've always been uh, a person that loved to camp several times a year uh, and then, of course, COVID happened, so it kind of so, so that all up. So when you
1: went camping, Chris, let's define camping. Did you sleep in a tent? Did you sleep in a trailer?
0: Did you sleep?
1: What is camping?
0: That is a good question. I, Are you glamping? Well, <laughs> did you go glamping or did you go camping? I, I did not do glamping, uh, for sure. Um, and the, my definition of camping is a, a disconnect of... Um, uh, comfort, uh, or, or technology, or, or whatever you, whatever you, yeah, uh, you call it. And oh, so, in camping, and you're
1: bringing a sleeping comfort. bag, or you're bringing a tent, or you're bringing a pan. You are using yep. technology.
0: Living oh yeah, and, 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 and James' definition. Yes. Yes. Well, in James' definition, definition
1: or is it, you know, Merriam-Webster and society's
0: definition? <laughs> 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 uh, well, okay, both both uh but i did sleep in a tent and um and so you know when we're, when i'm camping uh i typically yeah we i sleep in a tent i don't sleep in a cabin First whiskey or is
1: done james i'm going to make the proper 12 mixture now mm.
0: <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt mine. no 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 you're fine you're fine these are these are good questions um and I think it's important too, uh, you know, for those that are listening and you have a busy and hectic life and, you know, technology is around you all the time and uh, electronics. I mean, let's just say that. And uh, being able to camp and uh, kind of connect with nature in some way or form, uh, it allows you to have kind of that uh, mental reset and there is a study that talks about uh, when you're Within nature, whether that's camping or hiking, uh, it gives you humility and, and makes you feel humble uh, of what you have. And so, and we did. I, I took my kids out camping, and we stayed in a hotel. Uh, no hotel. <laughs> we stayed in a camp.
2: <laughs> so the truth
0: comes out, James. Uh, James, <laughs> they
1: you stayed in stuff? a
2: hotel. Yeah.
1: Chris, <laughs> are you, Chris? Uh-huh. Let's let's come clean now, right? Let let's let's. <laughs> Let's let's just take a step <laughs> back for a minute because uh, the, you know some of these slips. Like, did you stay in a hotel <laughs> for part of the trip? Did you like stay in a hotel and you put up a tent in the backyard of the hotel?
0: <laughs> no, I did not stay in a hotel because um, you made me think about glamping, and it's like hotel was in my mind. No, we stayed in a camp. We staying in a camp camp uh, campgrounds camp area. Of course, we moved around a little bit um and stayed in the uh, the tent and my kids stayed on a uh we also you know had they all have their own tent but I have a rooftop tent and so basically what it is just a tent that sits on top of your vehicle or the back of your uh truck um in this case I have one of the tipui and it's a rooftop tent and so it allows you to what what they would call me (laughs) Tipui. <laughs> I call you Tapui. Rude, um, rude! I tell you, rude. <laughs> and um, and it's a and it's a a nice widget, in my opinion. I think it's a widget that allows you to camp just about anywhere because you can drive, pop up your tent, and. But you know, you're not it. using any
1: technology when
0: you drive and have a tent affixed
1: to your vehicle. And for the record, James, not to digress, Chris, or to interrupt you. Yeah, you're fine. Um, Uh, Even though though that's exactly what we're doing. I had the (laughs) first sip of my Proper 12 with the Agalima mix. Mm -hmm. And I must say, Proper 12 alone is amazing. Knob. Knob Creek? Yeah, Knob Creek alone (laughs) is nasty. Proper 12 with Agalima mix sucks. Knob Mm -hmm. Creek with Agalima mix, heaven in my mouth.
2: And so now not you know much why of a difference? And now you know why it's alchemy.
1: No, no. See, Chris, if you listened to last week's podcast, James and I were talking about this. You know, sometimes it's the two parts individually may not be good, but you put them together and they're amazing. The two parts alone may be amazing. Put them together then they're nasty. Therefore, James yeah. defines his magic as alchemy. James, the whiskey magician. James, you need to get a shirt that says that I have to find one for you. I'll See get
0: one. Now it seems cool. we'll make one for you. I'll make <laughs> I, um, the
2: downside to the drink that I'm making tonight is every time I make a new one, I get to do it correctly. In order to get the rims. you got to grab a new glass. The upside uh, is I've just recently done all my dishes. So I have an empty dishwasher to put it in. Well,
1: that's excellent. <laughs> uh, the downside to me drinking these drinks is I probably use too big of a glass. Like, James told me to do fifty-fifty 50-50 mix. I did 50% (laughs) of the glass, not 50% (laughs) of the mix. So instead of having (laughs) Uh,
2: a... That's another definition of (laughs) 50-50. But if you notice, these these glasses
1: are full. These glasses are full. So I I took the easy way out. Did
2: you put ice in it?
1: Yes, and ice doesn't float, James. I pay attention to what you tell me.
2: So so that's actually about what you're looking for anyways. So um, if you have a standard size rocks glass, similar to what I'm holding or what you're doing, that rocks glass, once you put the correct size ice in it, is going to take four ounces of liquor to fill the glass properly. And it'll give just enough airspace at the top that you can put a garnish, and that's your full glass.
1: So I had two ounces of whiskey and yeah, two, two ounces of Agalima. So now yep. I'm on four ounces of whiskey. Yeah, and that's this is where our you know statement comes into play. Drink responsibly. None yep, of us are definitely. driving or leaving our homes or operating any machinery mm-hmm. uh, as a result of this. And we're all of legal age to drink alcohol. So, and, if, and you must uh, be
0: twenty-one and over to follow our Instagram. Uh, only in the United States.
1: Only in the United and States. Drink responsibly if you're out going to listen to any of these recipes and, and other, partake in them.
2: Other countries, you all have your own laws. And uh, you know what? You do you do what's correct for you.
1: <sighs> yep,
0: yep, yep, yep.
1: You know, this proper 12 is growing on me. But I still think the Knob Creek is better. See, I need to come yeah. up with a little rating scheme. Chris, we'll go back to you because now I, I think you decide no. to eat in the middle of this conversation. Like, I don't even know. What are you eating? <laughs> i'm eating well, pizza
2: dude we dude. never let we never let finish chris finishes <laughs> he's doing his whole thing like explaining like the camping thing and we, we like, have a podcast totally...
1: that's in an hour typically you can't pause yeah. from eating for an hour do you have to stuff your face with pizza a couple weeks ago you have a big box of cheez-its like every time i see you and talk to you you're eating i'm always
0: eating
2: that's that's because he's got one of those like multi meal like small eating throughout the day situations, right?
1: No, he just stuffed really, two man. pieces of pizza. He took two pieces of pizza, folded them in half like a sandwich, <laughs> and he's eating it. So it's like crust on top, crust on bottom.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a pizza
1: sandwich right there. Wait, this, yeah, isn't that so how he's how you having hold, a pizza sandwich. Is that how you eat pizza? You just fold it? Uh, you guys know me. That's only for New York style. You know I eat pizza with a knife and fork, right? What? I eat french fries with a knife and fork.
2: And you make fun of me and say that I'm a finger pinky finger in the air guy. Come on, you.
1: I do not eat with my hands. I eat chicken wings <laughs> with a with a fork. I eat ribs with a fork.
2: <laughs> this guy. What? This guy.
1: Anybody who knows me knows. Okay, so let's go back to your glamping trip because you and your kids stayed in a hotel, and you're going to tell us how you stayed in a tent on top of a
0: truck. (laughs) Dude, that's hilarious. No, yeah, we did end up staying. You know, we 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 were staying in a tent, and um, you know, again, I've been camping for a long time, and you know, look at, I always look at the weather and all that stuff, and uh, I made an assumption that it's going to be wonderful i don't need a rain rain fly because it's you know it takes a lot of space and you know i brought my two dogs with me and all that stuff and i remember my wife telling me say like, oh just bring it just bring it you know I like and i made a sense like I, I was like oh i've been camping you know i know i know everything right i know everything about camping and then <laughs> and i'm glad as one
2: does to, as yeah. one does chris
0: yep as one does and it and it rained on the second night, and it wasn't just like rain, rain. It was like a downpour. And and uh, my my kids, um, their uh, tent uh, got soaked because uh, we didn't bring the tent that uh, was designed for rain. Um, and so that was a mess. The, luckily though, is that I brought a, the rain fly for my uh, rooftop tent and uh, The good thing about this rooftop tent is that there's a lot of space. And so we were actually able to uh, fit, excuse me, we were able to fit in this rooftop tent. It was uncomfortable, but uh, uh, we're able to fit and be able to sleep. I actually, I did not have a lot of sleep. I have like four hours of sleep. When you camp, it's hard uh, because you stay up late and you get up really early because you get up when uh, nature uh, makes a lot of noise. And you got to get up. And, uh, but the lesson learned is that I was proven wrong that I trusted the weather, that it's going to be amazing. And I didn't need the stuff that I need. And it proved me wrong. I was like, look, it, it screwed me over. Nature does you, not care. <laughs> you are not a
1: true outdoorsman if you followed the weatherman's prediction a weatherman is the profession where you can be 100 of wrong you can be wrong 100 percent of the time and still have a wonderful career mm-hmm. anybody who goes out in nature knows if you're up in the mountains and in the wilderness the weather can turn on you yeah and in, in an instant
0: yeah but again that's what i was saying it's like i thought um you know my ego got in the way that I have been doing this. It's not a problem. I can deal with it, but not realizing that I have other people with me and it would have been miserable for them. Uh, I didn't bring all the stuff that needed.
1: if someone that accompanied you didn't bail you out. So they would have been
0: miserable if they listened to you. But yes. the person that went with you. Bailed you out. Exactly. So my wife bailed me out and she said, bring the rain flag. She's we've she we've camped together before and so she knew um but there's one thing that i did uh I, I had a mistake another mistake was i made an assumption that uh you know coffee's a big deal when you're camping um i have one of those jet boil which is another oh, yeah best thing best widget
1: right there yeah jet boil i take those hiking <laughs> and those meals chris you and I are connected again for a moment there with you glamping i was get and and not and, and not being prepared i was a little you know hesitant to continue conversing with you
0: yo i will tell you you mentioned uh, you know just jet boil and your love with jet boil i think people should have it for their uh, if you are someone who preps and um, and you have no power and your stove happens to be electric these uh, this jet boil man you can cook Anything on them, so we'll post it on our insta. Uh, post it on the link to this podcast of how you can get one. Um, but they are amazing, and uh, you know sometimes you can't cook everything on a fire on uh, a fire pit when you're camping because uh, sometimes it's difficult to get the fire hot enough. Um, uh, but Jetboil saved our meal several times, and we just end up cooking stuff on it. So James, is Jetboil my friend? Uh, you'd enjoy it. And by the way, when you're camping, food tends to taste better when you're camping. Yeah. I think because you're uh, it's the carcinogen hungry. that comes from your
2: it's, the, it's all the carcinogen that comes from all the smoke you're getting in your body. Yeah, from the
1: campfire. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love the jet boil. It's um, I don't have. Uh, I mean, I've seen you know hiking just with the compactness of it and in, in the then the portable fuel and the attachment. You know, I have the, the attachment for, you know, water, you know, boiling water. You know, you can put yep. pans, put other things on it. Man, that boils water like almost instantaneously. You know, you put some yeah. water in there and then you can pour it in the meal. But um, that thing is a lifesaver because uh, you can have a warm meal when you're out, which, you know, depending on the weather, you know, warm insides is pretty good. Uh, I usually carry a water filter with me just in case I listen. I'm prepared when I go out in the wilderness. Um, but also, you could boil water, you know, to yeah. you know, to help uh, purify it um, outside of the filtration. Uh, so they're wonderful.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. It's a well, Post-it. It's 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 a good tool to have. Uh, you know, even if you camp once in the blue moon, uh, they 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 last for a long time. So James, you you're in a different spot all of a sudden. Now you're yeah. in a different seat. Moving around. Got a. I see your cat your cat there wants a drink yeah she's a little lush that's
2: how it goes uh i will say to anyone listening and curious about in drink ingredients one of the key required ingredients for a corpse survivor is your freshly squeezed lemon juice and um making sure you have Lilith blanc that's a requirement but outside of that you get to pick what gin you want in there whatever gin you like and whatever orange liqueur you want, and Cointreau is a go-to for me. I really like it in a lot of things. Makes an awesome sidecar. But you know what? Uh, Pierre Ferrand has an orange liqueur. It's a it's a triple sex style, and has a little bit more bitter and tartness to it, which is nice, and works really well in this drink. Uh, I also made the second one with uh, Citadel Gin. It's a good drink. Definitely. This is why I enjoy making cocktails, same drink, two times in a row, swap a few ingredients, same ratios, completely different, different drink, entirely different taste.
1: But yeah. is it the same drink, James, if you're switching out ingredients?
2: Well, you're but switching that's... out the brand of the ingredients, really.
1: OK, right. so it's, it's the same drink with different brand. Yeah, just like I did. So I'm having the same drink. Yeah, yep.
2: you're doing okay. a whiskey I, sour.
1: I, I approve of that.
2: Yep. I was I was just trying just kind of following suit with what you're doing with a slightly different cocktail,
1: right? Yeah, and your next drink you should go into another room of your house. I mean, I could. Yeah. I don't um, you know like this. how long we
2: want to make an episode.
1: Um <laughs> as long as we want to talk.
2: Yeah. Um <clears throat> at some point maybe we'll we'll get we'll have to do like uh, some YouTube video episodes, but like that is one of my favorite paintings in the house it's one that my wife made a long time ago
1: oh that's nice That's, that's a nice abstract art. no i appreciate art i have art hanging up in my house uh not uh, overdone but i think you can appreciate that if you have you know an art painting such as that i like that uh, yeah, up on the wall where, cool. you, where you can appreciate it um we will do the youtube videos because i will repurpose an area of my house i was explaining to chris earlier because you know we don't talk and i don't hear about his oh you missed my story four times um <laughs>
2: oh uh, that's great
1: that will be set up for video uh recording and you should do the same uh mr james why are you putting a dish towel on your head you've been drinking too much
2: no i'm barely Is drinking it hot out there it's super fucking hot
1: do you have central yeah. air in that the house yeah i do have central air it's not Is it efficient. uh did you get one of those little units or do you have like uh forced hot air you know the I, have, talk- I forget the name of the units that you can put up on the wall.
2: No, no, I, I have a, it's part of my forest air system. So I have a unit that's dedicated to the first floor. And then since this is a really old house, the forest air furnace that I have for the second floor is um, a separate furnace. So I have a separate uh, air conditioner for that floor too.
0: Did that come with a house like that or was it upgraded? Um, the house had three furnaces when I moved in, actually. Chris,
1: if the house was built back in like the 1800s and it was a Boyden school, they didn't have Central A back then. So it not <laughs> No, didn't I think it's that prior,
0: yeah. prior owner would have, uh,
2: <laughs> updated. At some point. No, the, um, the prior own, owner did a lot of stuff to try and maintain this house. I actually, for a while during COVID, I was a little bit like bitter about some of the problems we were finding in the house. It took a little while for me to just take a deep breath and realize it's a it's a cool house and um, the lady that lived here before is really an awesome old lady and she did what she could with uh, what she had in the house and you can see signs of what she did to maintain it Um, the house was actually originally built around a massive boiler um, which the face of that boiler and the body of it is actually still in the basement
0: it's really huge and uh, quite cool that that is pretty cool. My house has a boiler right now. So my house is running on boiler. Yeah,
2: I wish there was still a boiler that was running in this house because we have some really cool radiators. But all of that was torn out before I bought it. Is your house haunted?
1: I do not believe it is, in fact. Um, um but we, we did is. we did move away from Chris's camping trip. Did you have anything else to say about your camping trip, Chris? <laughs> Obviously, you could see no, the, the, man. Story, the story I, didn't inter- interest us <clears throat> enough. And two, you didn't let me interview you in my radio voice. So,
0: I, I, that's a flop. Th- there's nothing. And I can't take James else. seriously
1: because he has a dish towel sitting on top of his head. <laughs> like, I wish we you had look a picture. Look like,
0: You look like an English guy that
1: has one of those. <laughs> Did uh, you put water on that or something? So you have like cold water on your head? At least I would, in a fan blowing on you, I mean, I would accept that. But you just, you know, you have <laughs> these big poofy headphones. You yeah. have a dish towel on your head as you're drinking another drink. See, it's I want another drink, right but right. I am not going to have one. I'm going to keep it under two for this evening. You, you got gotta to you know your limits in life. You uh, got
2: to know your limits in life. There's one interesting thing about the skulls that is because I I did this just entirely for aesthetic. Um, but I decided to put the bitters in the eyeballs of the skull, which means that uh you don't really get the bitters until after it starts rolling around in the glass so you get like a
1: flavor shift part way through the drink which is kind of fun it is fun it's almost like putting something in the ice cube and letting it melt mm-hmm. well yeah
2: that was actually my wife's suggestion was that i should make the skulls with a cherry in the middle of the mold so that way there's like a brain inside the skull
1: as it's melting I like your wife already. That was ingenious. Why didn't you listen to her? I don't like you because you didn't listen to her. It takes Ask 24 Chris. hours to, to freeze him. And
2: she made that suggestion. <laughs> oh, five minutes ago. Uh, like, actually, well, last weekend. So I, I guess I don't really have a good excuse. I,
1: I don't even understand that conversation. Then she made the suggestion I, last weekend. I was going to say that it was. I was going to
2: was, was gonna say that it was yesterday, and then I thought about it more, and I was like, no, actually, that suggestion was a few days ago. I just forgot. Y-
1: you locked it away in your haberdashery. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: here it is. But yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's yeah. fun
2: to do different different things, right?
1: Yes, yes. I I wish I had some interesting, you know, thing to discuss, but I don't. I haven't had any fascinating technology or extreme widget use um, lately. Hey, Chris and James, let's take a quick pause from this episode to tell the listening audience about Buzzsprout. I want to tell them that starting a podcast is one of the best and most enjoyable decisions we've made. We understand that you too may be interested in starting your podcast and that managing a podcast may sound complicated or overwhelming. It certainly was for us at first. That was until we found Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch into your new podcast adventure. You can start with some gear you already have and a quiet space. Buzzsprout is so good they've helped over 100,000 people launch their podcast. Buzzsprout will help get your podcast into every major podcasting platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. You can find our podcast on all of these platforms thanks to Buzzsprout. Also, with Buzzsprout, you get a great-looking podcast website, audio plays that you can drop onto websites, detailed analytics, promotional tools, and the list goes on and on. Buzzsprout publishes new blog posts, podcast episodes, and videos every week. These resources help you learn the ins and outs of podcasting from the people who eat, drink, and breathe it. To start your podcast and get a twenty dollars Amazon gift card, follow the link in this podcast show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that we sent you and help support our show. Buzzsprout is truly an easy to use and great way to start a podcast. Maybe in the future. In that's, that's, I did, that's totally okay. I, I did, you know, you know, pull a pepper from my garden. Did you really? Yes, you, you know, garden. I- Well, I have a deck garden for the first time in my life. I planted some vegetables and um, I have tomatoes and uh, peppers. When did you start that? uh, A few weeks ago, a few months ago. I don't even know. But I I was able to yield one pepper, so it's a success. You know, I I wanted to grow some vegetables to have some fresh home uh, substance that uh, can sustain me for a period of time. But, you know, one, it only works during the summer. Two, I think the savings that I'll get from buying at the grocery store uh,
0: to what I'll yield from my crop, I think my you pep can probably even cost do, me $97. You can even just do rosemary. Um, those are easy to grow, and you, especially if you eat steak um, or whatever you put your I rosemary on. I eat steak on.
1: very... Uh, it's rare. I do eat steak. I do not eat it often. I What's your go to eat, meal? Uh, I primarily eat chicken or fish. Uh, sushi. Okay, uh, but with, rosemary
2: is still delightful on both chicken and
1: fish. I, I eat <laughs> like a jailhouse diet. Like, it's very bland. Um, so, I mean, every now and then I'll throw some seasoning on. I do season. I do throw things together, and mix. I told you I'm a chef. But I did want to grow some of my own vegetables. So I have cucumbers, peppers, uh, snack peppers, cherry tomatoes. tomatoes.
0: That's that's good, man. Especially if if these are herbs that you use often. Like uh, I have rosemary growing and green onions because I use them all the time. So why? You know, they're easy to grow and maintain uh, rather than bite them.
2: Well, the other thing is, if you want it to be fresh,
0: it's kind of a pain in the
2: butt to get fresh spices because it's really expensive to get fresh spices. Like buying tomatoes when I want tomatoes, not as big of a deal, although my wife does grow tomatoes. But having rosemary, chives, thyme, a lot of those spices is just really nice to have just like a massive amount of that growing in your backyard because you just go
1: cut yeah, up and use it. Yes, because uh, someone else uh, that I know, they also started growing and they grew basil. And I went down to visit them and they actually pulled out the basil and they did the whole thing. You're supposed to smack it, you know, I guess it's supposed to bring out the flavor. And then they uh, they put it up, uh, cut it up, threw it up on a piece of mozzarella on a piece of bread with a little glaze. Let me tell you something. Tomato, uh, basil, mozzarella and a little uh, piece of bread, but like that crispy bread, whatever the hell they call those. James, what do they call that bread?
2: A lot of different options that are crispy bread (laughs) that you would put that on. Could be a focaccia is very common. Okay, some toasted bread. It could be a a, a classic white.
1: You could put it on a baguette if you're going French style. It wasn't Wonder Bread. I I am actually called fancy. It's just when I come on this episode and talk to you guys, I just, you know, my podcast persona comes out. That's fine. (laughs) And I have to say, you 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 like bread. It's not what I like, it's just that maybe it's, uh, you know, I come to the level of my company. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud?
2: <laughs> I, either way, I mean, that's a, what you just mentioned is really good mix. You throw a little bit of olive oil and salt
1: on that, and I would say it's almost ideal. I wish, James, you should move out here. It's, it's really nice out here. You should live close
2: by. We should we should date before we marry. You should come out and visit. I'll come visit
1: you. Chris will visit us. No, I don't know if I want to live with you, but I think visiting for <laughs> meals and drinks seems fun, right? It would be really fun. I, I think I'd enjoy that. So why don't you talk to your, uh, you know, better half, as they say, and, about move, moving. and,
2: and move out to uh, BFE so that I can
1: have meals with you? Well, you can do a lot of other things out here, James. There's a lot of history. Uh, Your wife can do art. A lot of wilderness. Uh, Airports that don't suck.
2: You know, (laughs) most of the time when I have airport trouble, it's the not Milwaukee
1: airports that cause me trouble. Because nothing goes to Milwaukee. It's not my fault. (laughs) Well, that's why you don't have trouble there. I'm just saying. I don't have because trouble. You get out. trouble in other airports because nothing goes there, so you can't go direct. So you get stuck in the middle.
2: Yeah, I get stuck in the armpits of the country. Detroit. No offense to anybody that listens from Detroit, but your airport sucks. <laughs> wow. And fighting words. <laughs> you know what? I doubt anybody would take that as fighting words. The people that live there
1: know that their airport sucks. Yeah, I don't think if anybody gets offended or upset that you don't like their airport, then that's, there's other issues to to contend with.
2: Yeah. I'd also question why they're defending an airport so heavily. Um, That said, uh, from a, from a drink perspective, I'm glad you got to experience that tonight. Uh, Chris, what was your, what's your thoughts on, on what you're drinking tonight? What's your conclusion?
0: Um... It's refreshing. Uh, vodka is vodka. Absolute vodka does not have any taste, so it's it's uh, all I'm tasting is the juice of Pog, and so it can be a pretty dangerous drink because I can I can drink a bunch of these and not realizing that you know I just had you know three four shots of vodka, and um, it's good, man. It's it's what I have. I, I guess somebody we I spoke to somebody earlier today, and I think you were in that uh, call, James, that. Pog is a, kind of a Hawaiian drink, a, a Hawaiian juice. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I've had Pog for a long time. I don't think so. I've ever had Pog. It's just a mixture of juice, man. It's like guava, pineapple, and mango mixed together. Um, and it tastes pretty good. Um, Wait, easy it's, peasy It's guava, drink. mango, and what else did you say? Pineapple? Uh, guava, mango, pineapple, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Pog Juice. That's a... They have different kinds. Oh, I'm sorry. Passion, Orange, and Guava. But they have other uh, uh, flavors Passion, as Guava. well. That. Yeah.
2: All right. So it's like a tropical punch.
0: It is, yeah. With vodka. And yeah, I think you could do it with gin too. But I don't know how it tastes like with gin or whiskey. But um... no, have you... Man, that would probably make a really
2: good actual punch bowl. I'm kind of disappointed you're just doing vodka now. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, there's an interesting thing I learned from, uh, someone recently about, uh, a punch bowl in that it's supposed it's supposed to be self-regulating because you drink a punch bowl and it's stronger at the beginning and then it melts and dilutes as the night goes on. So it starts hydrating your guests as mm-hmm. the night goes on, um, which is, and, and it becomes less alcoholic throughout the night. So yeah. then you end up getting more hydration near the end of the night. Make sure that people don't get just completely wasted at the party. Yeah. Punch balls. Interesting concept. Punch balls. Otherwise, I mean, basically, that's just a big old excuse of saying, like, drink a lot.
0: The ice will fix you. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And Good flavor. It's, it's just juice. Thing. It's just juice at this yeah. point. Um, but, yeah, I guess there, you could do a lot of stuff with the Hawaiian pog juice um you know uh, people make a lot of uh, cocktails out of it and uh i, I kind of want to try it. it you know it doesn't mean i have to use vodka there's a mixture of well, others
2: you got to try some rums with that do yeah little, rum was another one i wanted to try you, if you're making it by the glass do you like a one ounce of a clear rum one ounce of like a nice dark jamaican rum and then um if you want to like really go wild then also you can like throw in like a flavored liqueur, or, like an orange liqueur or a triple sec, or you could drop in like, um, depending on which recipe of POG you're describing, because it sounds like there's a few of them, you like pair out a different
0: fruit. So, I mean, it sounds
2: like there's a
1: lot I mean, you can
0: do. There is a lot. I mean, you, uh, one thing that uh, I've seen others do is um, uh, blended ice, or it can make sort of like a smoothie. And it's just, um, what are those Hawaiian drinks, lava? lava flow lava flow if you ever had one of those right. it's just a smoothie could, with just a bunch of rum you could do well. it you could do
2: it tiki style and just do a bunch of crushed ice in the glass so you can mix it up cru- you you pour it in and then you cap it with crushed ice all the way up until you get a like an ice mound yeah so that would be an interesting thing yeah there, now i want uh, now i want pug what the heck man
0: it's easy, man. Just get one of these drinks and have rum, uh, coconut rum, and it's uh, good for uh, good, warm weather like what we're having here today. Yeah. So, And to any of you listening who are thinking to
2: complain about the weather that you're having and you're thinking, ah, oh, it's so hot. It's terrible. Woe is me. It's so hot. I encourage you to look at the weather in other parts of the world and recognize that it's probably hotter somewhere else. And that doesn't make it better for you. But you can always have a nice cold punch. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you, everybody. And uh, Brad, do you have anything you want to share with everyone as we wrap it up today?
1: Yes, I do. Because I thought you were going to take us out without, you know, me parting.
2: (laughs) I, I could never end without you, sir.
1: James, James, Chris, this is for you. If you want something to last forever, you treat it differently. You shield it and protect it. You never abuse it. You don't expose it to the elements. You don't make it common or ordinary. If it ever becomes tarnished, you lovingly polish it until it gleams like new. It becomes special because you have made it so. And it grows more beautiful and precious as time goes by. F. Burton Howard, thank you.
0: Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.